Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, I'll be talking to the co-owner of Evolve Clothing and Letterkenny, Mark McCluskey. My first guest this week is coding, geography and English teacher and digital learning coordinator at Ericle College in Letterkenny, David McKeel. Last month saw the opening of the STEM and coding lab at the Letterkenny Secondary School and David was one of the main drivers behind the initiative which is being funded by Optum. David, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you very much, Kieran. David, we are sitting in the recently opened STEM lab at Ericle College here in Letterkenny. How did all this come about? Um, so I suppose it came about through an idea that I would have had... Um, Maybe a couple of years ago, um, it's an itch that I wanted to scratch for a long time now, and but I suppose I didn't get around it with the COVID restrictions, and finally got the time on my hands and the connections um, through a local business, our corporate sponsor, um, Optum, that came on board, and so I went and approached their principal, Mr. McFadden, and I said, I have this wee idea for... A STEM lab. And um, just for our listeners, David, yeah. uh, can you explain what STEM is? Yeah, so STEM, um, it's the science, technology, engineering and maths subject areas um, taken together, I suppose, they allow for students to connect the dots between all the subjects, um, so rather than being stand- standalone subjects, that they're taken together and become kind of a bigger subject area once they are taken together. Is that easier managed from a teaching perspective and from a learning perspective? Um. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because if you're if you're teaching one thing in science, it's you can sh- you can show the links between the other um, three areas. So it is it's kind of cross curricular in nature, and they all complement each other. So you're not having to push an idea, and then it's only dealt with in science. It comes out through the other subjects um, as well. And does it make it easier for the student maybe to identify a potential pathway that he or she might want to take? Um. I suppose in the junior end of things, students just, they love the coding and they love the fun and the, the learning and the teamwork and the technology that we have here in the room. And But once they start to get into TOI, they do the work experience and then fifth year and they're starting to narrow their options. So then it becomes clear if they have like a flair for the STEM area, a lot of them can, they know it's not just pure coding, that there is, um, there's content creators needed, there's, there's videographers, photographers, animators needed, computer design, cybersecurity. So there's all those areas that maybe my stereotype of coding is sitting in a hoodie and Facebook coding zeros and ones, but I suppose it's not really like that um, at the moment. Um, so I think they can see that the world is changing very fast and the jobs of the future to them, the, maybe they're not even, those actual jobs aren't even invented yet. So I think that's very exciting for them. Yeah. The STEM lab was opened at the start of last month, David. Yes. What was involved in the process uh, up until that point? Um, so, as I alluded to earlier, uh, I went to Miss McFadden in May, and we did some research. We looked up some sample STEM labs. They're, t- they're very big over in uh, America at the moment, and so we had some good. Uh, we, d- we 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 did some fact finding, and we approached then uh, the f- furniture suppliers are SG Education. Uh, they're from Sligo, and. 
the graphic design uh, would be Leo Scar from from Leitrim. So they put together a, a plan and a drawing and the costings. And uh, we then we approached a corporate sponsor then to try and get them on board. Yeah. I'm sure that was a crucial part of the, the whole process. Uh, yeah, to be honest, now it was something. It was a an area, a new area for me, I suppose. Um, seeking sp- sponsorship on on this scale. Um, so we approached. We had very good links with with Optum through the health the healthcare scholarship uh, that one of our students um, had in the past. So through that, there uh, we approached Nolik Brawley, the education lead up on Optum, and she was blown away by the idea and the drawings, and she could see the vision that we had. So we kind of went with that there, and we left it with with Nolik, who came back to us and with the the. Green light, I, I suppose, kind of. Yeah. I know there's a, it's a five-year partnership between Erica College and Optum. So, yeah. what is Optum's involvement in this yeah. project? Um, Optum, apart from the financial backing, um, which we're very, very grateful for, the expertise and the support of them. They're only up the road. They're the door is always open now between Erigal and Optum, so they're going to facilitate workshops here, careers talks for our students. So how yeah. fortunate uh, as Erica College that Optum, who they've teamed up with, is literally next door, and that that, that gives uh, students the opportunity to maybe experience what it's like to maybe work in a, in a company like that. Yeah. Oh no, we're blessed that, that Optum are so near that uh, to, to create the links. It's an obvious link, but I suppose that to, for our students to see there's good high tech jobs, well paid jobs here locally, that I think it really their heads kind of perk up a bit when they. See, Right, the salary, starting salary for a coder developers, like geez, then they really set up and listen, and they hear they can travel with these jobs. You can work remotely. You can be a digital nomad. You can go and travel the summer, and you can just open your laptop and you can be logging in. They really, really like that idea of the lifestyle as well, and the, the work-life balance. They like the idea of going locally to the ATU, and it's not as expensive as the big cities. And they can do their work placement in companies like Optum. So I think the the benefits of that there, and they get a level eight degree if they go to uh, the ATU as well. So it's I think that it's the big picture here now in in Erikani. It's taking shape. Yeah. Is this the future, and is this a new way of learning? Um, it's a good. That's a good one. Sometimes teachers like to think that they need to reinvent the wheel, but I think what we're doing is we're just complementing all the good things that are happening in the school already. Um, we're just we're building on this, the teaching methodology that we have, the instructional le- leadership courses that a lot of teachers would do. Um, you don't want to be relying on the technology and the gasmos and the gadgets too much. Um, so what we would focus on is the skills here, the skills of maybe computational thinking that's and you're not relying on the technology too much, but you're trying to get students to think computationally. Yeah. Have you noticed a shift in the areas that students uh, are looking to either upskill, train, or pursue a career in? Um, definitely, maybe. I think tech is in, that, or technology is in, runs through every career now. I mean, yourself included, myself included, as a teacher, you need to be digitally literate. So I think even if students aren't going to go into pure coding after Ergo College, that the skills they learn here will stand to them if they're going to be a teacher or a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer. The critical thinking skills alone for any of those jobs, I'm just thinking, would be very beneficial. 
David, we're in the STEM lab in your school. Can you explain to our listeners what exactly we are both sitting around or sitting in the middle of, as you yeah. say? Yeah, um, so we have 28 computers here. Um, they kind of they link in and they connect with the STEM lab. So the STEM lab is three mobile trolleys. Um, they're fully secure. Um, just in terms of the technology we have in them, they're, it's quite expensive. It's a big investment. We have a lot of we have a couple of hand tools that can uh, assist students if we're designing something with uh, the we have a CNC router there uh, and a laser machine. So the students would design on the computer. So this is there's the design process maybe that we're, we're, we're trying to look at. They design it on the computer, they draw it up, and then they send it over the network wirelessly to the CNC machine. Then we have a 3D printer, which I think is the main kind of buzz thing in here. Students, are they love it. Um, they're always dreaming up new things to print on it. Um, it's constantly in use. And then we have a vacuum farmer which is for making molds. So that's some, that would be a new area for me. Like I wouldn't have much expertise in that, but I kind of had to push myself on to pick up the skills as I went along as well, and the other teachers in the coding department. Um, so we're all kind of upskilling in this process as well. And how many students uh, are availing of this new line at the minute? Yeah, so we're very fortunate. We're able to offer coding as a short course to all our junior cycle students, so it's compulsory. Then after the, ju- the junior cycle, they can do computer science as a choice subject. And it's very, it's nearly oversubscribed. I think there's 24, 25 in each f- fifth year and sixth year class. Within that, uh, then there's a, nearly a 50-50 split between male and female students, which I think if you talk to any tech worker or CEO, you'll hear that there's not enough women in STEM and women in STEM courses, uh, particularly coding. There may only be one or two in a workshop. So I think the fact that we have 50-50 split is something very, very good here. And a lot of the female students in particular, they want to go on and they want to pursue uh, coding or maybe science subjects. And do you see maybe uh, more links being developed between uh, yourselves and Donegal ATU, for example? Yeah, um, the support that we've been offered through this project from the ATU is brilliant. The, I think Lauren Reynolds, the school's engagement officer, uh, they're constantly supporting us. They're constantly giving careers talks. They're like uh, our students. They know them very well. They know the courses that are on offer there. From computer science, students could go in and do a three-year degree. It's not a four-year degree anymore. So they've they've adjusted the course because of the computer science uh, curriculum that they've actually shortened it. So I think when students hear this, they're like, right, so we can get a level 8 degree in three years. And with that, there could be work placement in the local technology companies. Um, so we're looking forward to continue to build the links. Our TYs go down to the ATU as well for, for workshops. And the computer science class are being invited in, in the next few weeks as well, I think. Yeah. I know, David, it's very much a team approach. And you did mention before we started recording that uh, there's yeah. very much a, a very good team works along with yourself in this area. Yeah, yeah. Um, coding wouldn't be my first um, subject either, but I've been very, very well supported here by J- Janet McGeever is is excellent on the coding. She has a computer science background herself. Uh, Patty Malloy and Evan Gorrell, who's a computer science teacher here as well. So there, we're a very good team. Um, we're all have a natural interest in it as well. So if there's something one of us having a problem with or an issue with, we kind of we assist each other. Just a, a very, uh, a very nice department to work in 
So, yeah. what's the ultimate aim for students who get involved in this initiative? Um, yeah, so I uh, suppose the dream would be that they might pursue a STEM career, but that's not for everyone. There's creatives out there who, an artist or a poet or an actor, which is also brilliant, but I suppose it's just giving them the, the underpinning, the skills, as I said earlier, that we're now living in the world, it's a digital world, um, everything's connected, everything seems to be digital, um, so I think even giving them that, the confidence to be a citizen that can navigate this new new landscape, um, so that they're not maybe, they feel that they can maybe go on to college, even opening up the opportunities to go down to the ATU and to see what they can do there. Yeah. So... Ultimately, um, you're guiding and teaching uh, and advising the business leaders and entrepreneurs of tomorrow as well here, David? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, there's a bit of entrepreneurial skill and startup culture coming out of the STEM lab as well, and that's kind of augmenting what we're doing with the business department. Um, with Mr. Gorrell last year actually won a Bank of Ireland competition for the business, so I think there's a very strong link with business in agriculture. so the two of them tie in a lot. We could do prototypes here in the 3D printer, and they can do their teamwork, and they can do their presentations, so I think uh, the future looks very, very bright from that end as well. How long are you teaching here now at Erica College, David? Yeah, uh, I've been teaching here eight years. Uh, I don't know where they've gone now, to be honest. Um, the past few years have been very busy, but yeah, uh, absolutely loving it here. And the opportunities that I've got here in terms of ideas and different projects that I've brought to the school, um, and not one of them has been shot down. So I think, uh, so hopefully there will be more to come. <laughs> and was teaching always something that you wanted to pursue? Yeah, I suppose um, towards the end of my own time in secondary school, I was thinking maybe healthcare, maybe physiotherapy, occupational therapy. Um, and then I kind of tilted into primary school teaching. And whatever, for one reason or another, that didn't. Uh, I kind of pursued secondary then. So I think um, I think it's a brilliant job. I'd recommend it to any young person. Um, the opportunities that you have to help and just to, to make a difference in the world, I think it's uh, it's. A, it's the best job there is, really. <laughs> and nice to be back teaching in your own hometown as well, David. Yes, yes. Uh, I know when I maybe first started looking for a job in 2013, it was uh, there was slim back in, so I had to go abroad. But I came back, and the, the ETB, uh, thankfully, they employed me. So I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity and to be in, in Edward County at the moment. Yeah, it's a very exciting time to be a teacher as well. There's a lot of change. Um, there's Leaving Sir P here as well in Erigo College. There's computer science. Um, there's politics and society. There's different different subjects that are coming down the line, yeah. And finally, David, what does the future hold for your STEM lab here at Erigo College and for yourself? So we've entered into a, f- a five-year partnership with Optum, so it's go- there's going to be a constant link between Optum over the next few years, which is, which is very exciting. Um, there may be STEM career panels up on Optum that we're, we're going to attend and stuff. Um, I suppose I would like to bring this into another computer room in school as well. That uh, So there is opportunity to develop it further, but I'm just looking forward to seeing students use the equipment that we have and getting it embedded into the, the curriculum here in the school and kind of bringing it to primary schools as well. I think from our open night, we had such an amount of interest in this actual STEM lab that we're blown away 
actually buy it and we didn't really know what we we're sitting on but I think the students that came in were blown away and they have the parents come in and say what's this what's this room in here what's this all about so I think bringing in the community is a big part of it and that it's not just sitting here locked away that it's a resource that's used and is actually tapped into by the community and so you'll see that over the next few months and years that our feeder schools will come in fifth and sixth class pupils and their parents as well so it's a community resource at the end of the day David McHale coding geography and English teacher and digital learning coordinator at Ericle College and Derry Kenny thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters thank you very much Kieran. thank you join us after the break when we'll be talking to the co-owner of Evolve, Mark McCluskey. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. Mark McCluskey opened Evolve at Letterkenny Retail Park with his brother JP in 2008. They relocated to a larger unit and the current store is over 9,000 square feet. Evolve has shipped goods to 70 different countries so far this year and won the Fashion and Footwear Website of the Year Award for 2022. Mark, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Mark, Evolve was established back in 2008. Can you give me the background to the start of your business? Yeah, we opened up in 2008. Um, Ireland had just gone into official recession, so it had uh, around two weeks before we opened the business. Um, myself and JP, you know, we used to work in other clothes shops around the town. So um, for a number of years before that, there used to be people coming into us saying, you know, why don't you open up your own shop? And used to should open up your own shop. But uh, so hey, we, we did decide then to do it at the end up, you know, just from working on a sort of independent retailer. And then we worked for a franchise and we've seen the two sort of different business models and um, we just tried to amalgamate the two of them, so we did. And uh, we made the plans and, and worked hard and, and, uh, and got the business open in 2008 then. Just in terms of premises and, and selecting a premises, Mark, was that difficult at that time? Um, it wasn't really difficult. We sort of knew, you know, that the retail park was where we wanted to be. Um, it wasn't easy getting the unit there because um, it was a lot of the big multinationals, you know, the likes of Marks and Spencers and River Island and TK Maxx and these sort of guys that were getting in there because, you know, they had the big backing. So if, if they weren't busy for a while, they were going to be able to pay the rents. So it wasn't easy getting the unit, but um, the developer, actually, of the retail park was a Donegal man, Patrick Doherty. <clears throat> so we knew a guy that knew him, my dad played golf with. So we literally had to go directly to him because the the landlords in Dublin or the letting agents in Dublin just weren't playing ball with us because they didn't know who we were. I was only 22 and 21 maybe and JP was only 26. So uh, we were fairly young and probably didn't take us serious. So um, Colin Freelhai rang Patrick Doherty, they're good friends and, and you know got the ball rolling for us and uh, we're, we're very grateful to Patrick for, for believing in us at that time and, and actually built a small unit at the side of the used to be a tile shop there where Super Value was back in 2008 and he built a small unit on there for us um, where Cairns now have the bistro there so that's how we got started there and we had no real thoughts about going anywhere else to be honest with you you know we could see down there was the where the footfall was and you want to be beside the big boys I was just going to ask you was that the attraction knowing that you're going to have a large footfall 
it was definitely you know we knew that there was brands coming into town and we started new it was new for Donegal really at that time um, and we wanted to be in along the big boys you know pull in the footfall and then hey, feed off that as well 22 and 26 two young men going into a big business at that stage it was a big decision Mark Hi, it was a big decision, definitely, you know, and especially that we came, um, we were both working just in, in regular jobs, and uh, we didn't have any money, so it was a big uh, challenge, hey, you know, um, there was a rumour my dad won the lotto now, but hey, unfortunately that wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't true, so we had to borrow a lot of money, hey, to be honest, at the start, you know, um, and hey, family members are very good, and we got sort of 10,000 here and 20,000 there, an ex-employee went and got out a, out a, a bank loan, can't mention him because he's probably getting bothered with the bank but you know he got out a bank loan first as well and we went to a bank then with that money uh they asked where did all the money come from and we said to him well it's uh, from other people or family members and the bank manager looked at us going cheapers hey i don't know no i don't think we can touch this because he we were in debt to the family and other people to give us money and then we were going to have to pay back a, a fairly large bank loan so that bank pulled out on us so we went to the next bank and they asked us where did you get the money now <laughs> And we told them, oh, that's all savings. So anyway, we did get the money out of the out of the second bank. Okay, so we were very lucky at that stage. But, so, um, yeah. They put their trust and they put their belief in you at that stage that it would be a gore mark. Hi, they did. Hi, you know, I don't really know why. Um, we sort of knew sales and we knew, how, you know, about working in a shop. But in terms of business, we we literally hadn't got a notion. You know, we were never in a buy-in showroom before. Um, that means just going in to buy stock. You know, we didn't understand finances or, or any of those business uh, matters. and uh, But look, we learned on the go how so we did, and the family believed in us. And whenever we went home on Christmas, we sort of knew the figures that all our shops were bringing in. And, you know, we just spoke to our dad and stuff about it. And, you know, they, they just give us full support at that time, hey? and they didn't say, you just off your heads, which, which we probably were, you know, looking back at it now. And not alone that gear, in 2010 then, we actually moved into a bigger unit. The unit we opened up in was 1,600 square feet, and then we opened up where we are currently. It's 9,000 square feet, so you know we're multiplying by what, about six times the size of the store. And we're only opened 18, 18 months, and there was a large fit-out cost there, and that meant more borrowing and more loans. And uh, you know it, it was really madness when you look back at it. But uh, we knew if we stayed where we were, we were probably going to be eaten up by a bigger guy coming in. You know it was going to also do you know independent brands like we were doing. Did you think much about the move, or did you just think we'll go with it in terms of the expansion? We, I remember one day me and JP came out the front of the shop there where Kernan's is, and uh, we, you know we measured the the distance from our uh, premises down to the other door at TK Maxx, and then the the footfall or the the distance from our door up to New Luck at the time. Um, and there was quite a large distance in that. You know, we were just a wee bit out of the way, although we were in the retail park. You know, our next door neighbour was a tile shop, and after that was Super Value, and they weren't really our customers. So we knew we had to move up there, and there was two units free. So, hey, we rang the developers, and uh, the guys landed. We done a deal with them um, on the unit, so we did, and uh, we were opened about a year later. Um, now, the bank pulled out of that deal as well on us, and we had to go to another bank. And, you know, there's a lot of obstacles and challenges along the way, hey, but look, we were. We were just winging it, really, so we were here. Just come back, can you recall uh, your first day of business, Mark? And maybe can you recall the first item that you sold? I can remember a, a bit about the first day, to be honest. You know, I know we had about two or three staff. Um, some of the guys we built up relationships with. Um, we had a rep that came up as well, who we still deal with today, Ash. And uh, he worked on the floor with us. 
you know, in setting up the shop, some of the guys who worked in, in other clothes shops with came in and helped us merchandise the shop and got it ready and all, uh, Mickey McGorty and, and them sort of guys. And uh, that was amazing, just, you know, for people to sort of come in behind you. How important was it at that time that you could call on friends and, and, and trusted people to come in and back you and guide you? Hi, it was great. So it was um, because obviously we didn't have all the answers and we still don't have the answers um, by any means. But, um, yeah, there was always people there looking. I think the thing about myself and JP, we're never afraid to ask for help or, you know, listen to other people because we know we're definitely not the smartest person in the room. So if we ask questions and, and learn off people that have been around, you know, or read books, you're, you're gaining experience that other people have built up. So, so a small team to start off with, Mark? Uh, we opened with probably around three staff, so we did, and myself and JP. Um, and then we added a couple then after that. And, and then obviously, whenever we moved to the bigger shop, it was a bigger premises, and we were doing, you know, wedding hire and, you know, a full tailoring business, and it was split over two floors. So um, the team sort of expanded quite quickly then as well, so it did. So the size of the store now is? Our store now is 9,000 square feet. And then we have a, a warehouse as well um, of probably around 5,000 square feet that sort of operates our um, income and deliveries and also our online um, store as well. I'm just thinking, when you moved to the bigger store, um, it was around the time that uh, Donegal was starting to go well again you know, on Jimmy Guinness. And in 2012, obviously, Donegal won the All-Ireland for the second time and Evolve were the sponsors. So it was a very good spar- partnership for you at a very good time. It was, I, it was, you know, and um, how that came around really was uh, the guys were coming in, they were going up to, I think, an Ulster uh, black tie event, you know, an Ulster awards or whatever, and we we sponsored some of the awards, I think maybe Stephen Cassidy put uh, Kevin on to us or whatever, and then Carol Lacey and Michael Murphy and the guys all came in, and we just built a relationship from that, you know, we weren't looking for anything, we sort of sponsored their tuxedos, and then obviously... That was 2011, 2012, then Donegal won All-Ireland, and we were involved sort of from ultra-final outfits um, right through to All-Ireland. So, you know, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience for us as well because we were really part of, the, part of the whole sort of setup and got to meet all the guys as well. How beneficial was that exposure for your business, Mark? Hi, it was definitely amazing. You know, um, a lot of people probably didn't really know about us um, outside, around the county, and even outside the county at that time. You know, most of the followers we have on Twitter now actually came from that 2012 Ulster final and All-Ireland final. Um, the, you know, Michael Murphy and Carol Lacey and the guys brought um, Sam McGuire to Evolve for the first Saturday after they won, you know, when the guys came down around 10 a.m. and we thought there was going to be a wee queue sort of through the shop with the guys at the back of the shop and literally the queue went up around outside way up past Marks and Spencer's and you know all the guys hi Neil McGee Neil Gallagher uh, Rory Kavanagh and all the boys are in and they couldn't they couldn't have done enough you know for the for the supporters coming in now it was very quiet day sales wise in the shop but the but the logo was behind all the photographs hi and I'm sure that, that our, our logo is around many many houses in Donegal because we had literally a couple of thousand people come through the doors that day so looking back Ten years on, it was a very shrewd business move. It was, hey, it was, you know, and it was probably maybe unheard of to sponsor, you know, a county team, and we were only starting off. Like, it was quite a substantial investment for such a small and young company. But, um, look, we believed in it, hey, and not alone that, we sort of liked the GA and the community aspect of it and and just being able to be um, involved and do something good for the the team as well. And and all the guys were very appreciative of, you know, anything we did. And as well, we had a great night in in the Burlington that... uh, 
that year as well. We had two tables on there, hey, and uh, you know, their memories will always be with us, hey, so it will. Mark, it's hard to believe it that we're coming close to three years since the start of COVID. How much uh, of an impact did the pandemic have on Evolve? Um, I don't think the, you know, the pandemic, you know, was good for anyone really. Like, you know, the main thing, like uh, a lot of lives were lost um, over that period. So it would be, um, it would be probably, it's not, it hasn't been good for anyone, you know, but in the business aspect of it, um, it, it was a definitely a game changer in terms of how we looked at the business. You know, um, we went around that day, I remember going around and, you know, we we're putting the staff on, the, you know, this government supports and things. And we we're literally closing the door, not knowing when we we're going to be opening up. The word was we'll be back in two weeks' time. But, you know, we, we probably didn't really believe that. And we didn't know if we we're ever going to open up the doors again. Um, so it, it was definitely a very worrying, challenging time. So it was. But, you know, everything sort of maybe worked out all right in the end in terms like we launched an online store in 2016. In 2018, we had replatformed to a really good platform, um, and our online business was starting to sort of, you know, grow organically. Um, COVID happened, and it probably maybe pushed that on around five years at that time. Now, look, we were doing sales, and that we didn't, re- we weren't in the business to make money at that time. But what we could do, we could keep all our staff employed. You know, they might have been in three days rather than the five days, and got them out of the house. You know, the guard checkpoints are coming. The guards knew all the boys, and, and let, let you know they're all going into work at that time because we were allowed to do that. Luckily enough, so so you you were ready um, for the online aspect to increase when COVID came. We were ready for it. We had the system set up, um, so we're very lucky for that because many people at that time were sort of scrambling to get an online store up and running because they didn't have any other way of actually bringing in money. And in the retail, in fashion retail in particular, you know, we're buying six, seven months ahead. So we had committed to orders from all the brands um, and the online allowed us to actually, you know, keep accepting those deliveries and sort of moving it, moving it on. Um, we also... You know, met a lot of new customers over that period that still shop with us today that probably wouldn't have found us only for COVID. Online, obviously, uh, remains a very important part of your business, Mark, and Evolve won the Fashion and Footwear E-Commerce Website of the Year Award earlier in the year. Great accolade to get. Hi, it was indeed. I, myself and Paul, um, our online manager, went up to Dublin. Uh, totally unexpected uh, of winning the award, to be honest, you know, because there's a lot of big operators in our uh, category. Um, real household names around Ireland. <clears throat> so it was definitely a good one to get and I got talking to the, the guy that um organized the you know the event and you know he just said that the judges had went through the websites and our website was the best, you know, and that is hey it's not down to me, it's down to the other guys that work, you know, on the website every day of the week, um, that have got it into that position. What percentage of your business roughly would be online at the minute, Mark? Um, our online business now would be well over 50% of our turnover, so it would. Does that surprise you? Um, maybe four years ago, if you asked me that, I probably would have said uh, I don't think it would get to that. But now, you know, I imagine it will overtake the shop probably within the next two, sort of two years. So habits have changed, and particularly since COVID? Habits have changed in retail, but they always sort of swing back again, you know, and think, you know, Black Friday there, like this year, um, a lot of people made it, made their way back to the actual bricks and mortar stores, which is good to see because they're like that's what we know better than online, and we can get to interact with our customers. But um, the online gives us another dimension. You know, at the minute we've really just started looking at our international markets. You know, and the US now is our third country um, 
Australia's our fourth and Germany's our fifth country. You know, in December so far, I think we've shipped to 23 countries um, this so far in December and 70 countries um, in 2022. So, you know, we're, go, we're shipping all over the world, hey, and it just opens up different markets for us, so it does. And are you hopeful that will scale up in the future, Mark? It will, it will scale up. That's what it's looking like anyway. Um, we sort of have the right systems and processes and uh, there, so we do, um, you know, and with the brands and with our team and the experience that they have as well, you know, they all add great value to the business. Um, so, yeah, I'd imagine it will scale up over the next few years, Kieran. Just in relation to the domestic online market, would you find that some of your customers who would be regular people through the door would be buying online and maybe mix the way they shop with you? They do, you know, I think since COVID, a lot even um, of people maybe in the more mature end, you know, and I would call that sort of my own end, 37, you know, right up to sort of high 16, 70. Those guys now are shopping online, whereas pre-COVID, they wouldn't necessarily be online shoppers. So, look, they do shop online. They still come into store. Um, click and Collect is also very um, appealing to people at the minute because they can shop at night time at their house and land into the shop the next morning, pick up the bags. There's no queue and they're in and out. And people people have less time now, I think, as well, just from being busy. So, You mentioned uh, your brother, JP, earlier in the interview, Mark. Uh, yourself and JP own the store, and I know Donna is with you as well. How does the fi- family dynamic work and evolve? Well, myself and JP worked everywhere together. We worked in um, two close shops in Letterkenny um, growing up. And we worked in um, Arena 7 as well together. So we worked everywhere together and then we set up our own business. Um, so we're, we're well versed and we get on well. You know, there's never really any handlings. He looks after an aspect of the business. I look after another aspect. So w- what different skill sets do you bring? Um, JP at the minute he's more sort of front facing um, customer orientated you know and, and making sure that the shop floor is running I'm sort of more behind the scenes um, maybe overseeing the buying along with Roshin and also just looking after online and just different aspects of the business like that now you mentioned Donna's there as well Kieran hi Donna joined us a couple of years ago and uh, we're very lucky to have him but not alone that also my brother-in-law as well he's the store manager Jack and my sister Aileen also works there, so there's quite a lot of family employed there, as well as the rest of the team as well. You know, we've another probably fifteen or sixteen people on top outside of the family, but but essentially they really are like family because you know we're spending a lot of time with them, and everyone gets on well, and we do things together. So um, yeah, no, we're, we're very lucky to have a very close team. If you weren't uh, the owner of your own uh, fashion and footwear store, Mark, what do you think you'd be doing with your life now? It's hard to know because I wasn't uh, very academic. I'd done a, two years in the LYIT studying business, but I, my mind was sort of more on opening up my own business. Even my, my books at that time, I was drawing logos and trying to come up with names for for a business and things and business ideas. Um, I always said from a young age I wanted to be my own boss. So we just went into fashion because that's what we knew from working with other, other guys in the town, you know. Um, Outside of that, hey, it would be something in the sales area as well, you know, meeting people, um, building relationships, uh, maybe in a sunnier climate. I like the sun, so do I like getting away on holidays. And uh, even, I suppose, with COVID, it gives us the chance to do that as well, because a lot of the work I do now, I can do remotely. You know, I can do it from any part of the world. And, you know, I did I did a bit of work away last year for a couple of months in, a, in another country as well. You mentioned Black Friday. How has uh, 2022 gone sales-wise for you this year, Mark? And how is the running for Christmas going this year? 
Um, Black Friday was interesting there because um, I think the UK economy is um, definitely lagging behind the Irish economy at the minute. You know, we could see that in our figures um, because we, a large part of our online is into the UK. Um, so they were definitely not where we thought it would be. You know, they were, they were um, on a decrease compared to 2021. Um, Ireland was actually performing well, you know, and then, then stores really strong. It's the bricks and mortar. So it's um, 2022 in general has been a very, a very good year. Mark, can you talk to me about the range of clothing and footwear at Evolve? Yeah, we um, like to say we're sort of mid-premium, Kieran. Um, so we have prices to suit all budgets. You know, we have brands from uh, the lower end right up to sort of mid-premium. Um, some of the brands would be like that you might recognise would be Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, Farah, Adidas Originals, um, Remusumo, many brands like that. You know, we've probably about fifty brands in store. Um, we do communion suits, we do men's suits, uh, we do wedding parties as well, which is quite uh, big at the minute with all the backlog of weddings over the years, COVID years there. Um, so yeah, we pretty much do everything that a man really wants. We also uh, sell women's wear online, so we do at evolveclothing.com and. Hey, that's, that's essentially it. So how far ahead do you, do you plan uh, in relation to your seasons and the style? We're planning probably around six, seven months Is ahead. that difficult, Mark? Um, it probably... Uh, no, it wouldn't be really difficult. You know, you sort of just get used to doing it, to be honest. It doesn't really cause any headaches anymore, anyway. Um, you learn as you go each year. You know, we, as I said earlier on, we didn't have any buying experience whenever we started. So we quickly had to learn whenever you're dealing with quite large numbers. Mark, just in terms of style, how often does style maybe repeat itself? Style is always uh, evolving, I suppose. That's one of the reasons we had the name, um, Evolve Clothing. You know, menswear doesn't change too much, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of fashion. Women's wear would change a lot, lot quicker. And, you know, what's in the magazines and stuff would be well, sort of what's in fashion today. Um in terms of jeans, fits and things would change there fairly regular, but um, men sort of like to keep it consistent, really, so they do. What's the best thing about working for yourself, Mark? The best thing about working for myself would be hey, having that flexibility. You know, just uh, if I need to do something in the morning, I can nip out and do it. If I need to get away in the evening time early, and uh, if I want to go on a holiday, if I'm feeling a bit busy or whatever, you know, and I want to get away on a holiday, I just have that flexibility, really. And as well as just being able to um, sort of support, you know, and help support and pay people as well hey, that we employ um, is also sort of a feel-good factor in it. What do you put the success of Evolve down to, Mark? Um, but the su- success, there's probably a few things there that would come to mind. You know, one is our customers, really. Um, without our customers... Mainly locally, there we wouldn't have a business. People come in and support us. You know, they've plenty of other options in, in the county, and now with online shopping, you know, there's so many places where someone can spend their money. So that's the main one will be our customers. The next one is our team. You know, our team are vital to our success, and you know how they treat each customer coming in the door, showing them around the right products, and just being just being genuine and honest with the with the people. They'd be the two main ones. How different is being a business now, say, compared to when you opened up back in 2008? Business, um, we had to learn as we as we went in 2008. Now we sort of know a wee bit more what we're doing, but it still wouldn't be... I don't think it's any easier now than it was in 2008, to be honest. You know, um, business is more challenging, maybe, if anything, because, you know, with online shopping, 
um, brands are going direct to consumer rather than you know cutting out guys like us. Um, margins are being squeezed, and then obviously with you know at the minute with uh, cost of living as well, you know people just may, might have a few less euro in their pockets as well. Um, energy prices have increased substantially. Just things like that definitely have made, made a difficult trading environment. But I think retailers and business people in general are quite resilient and you know can fight through these. Are you glad you made the decision to go into business with your brother and take the path that you're on? Hi, definitely. I owed 100% uh, was the right decision. You know, um, I'm very grateful for it as well, hi, because I know many people would like to get into business and maybe just um, sort of just stick with the job that they're doing and, you know, not pushing outside their comfort zone. Um, so I think I was a wee bit, we were both a wee bit maybe naive at the time and that sort of, <laughs> that there also helped us really to, to go and do it. And finally, Mark, what does the future hold for yourself and your business? Um, we would just like to sort of keep growing the way we're the way we are growing at the minute. You know, um, organic growth is what we call it. We're not going after any big mad um, numbers. You know, the main thing is about the security. As said earlier, we we employ a lot of our own family. We employ a lot of good people, and they've all got bills to pay, um, as well as myself. So you know, it's just really about putting stability in the business and growing organically and trying to increase our international market as well um, online. Keeping it simple, hey, try and enjoy life as much as we can and uh, try and do the right thing just. Martin Kluski, co-owner of Evolve in Lerikini, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, Q. Well, that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, David McHale and Mark McCluskey. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on Sound and thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. 